welcome to another episode of the Neo World Order podcast. Hey everybody, it's been a few weeks. Um, coming to you on a snowy Friday night here in uh, Wisconsin. Been a great week. Uh, honestly, weather-wise, for the most part, it was 60 degrees yesterday. Uh, was I think it was even this morning was a little warm and then this afternoon, the weather took a little bit of a turn, started sleeting and snowing, and um, yeah, it's all kinds of yucky out there right now. I mean, there's not even an inch of snow, just enough to make it uh, slippery and make you not want to go out there and do anything, but um, yeah, a little bit of winter visiting us. Looks like it's here for a day or two, and then it's back to like 60 degrees on su- Sunday, Um I mean, we can't really complain. There hasn't really been much of a winter. So I guess we'll just, you know, take this and kind of grin and be like, hmm, okay. But yeah, they're kind of a crazy week here. Typical, I guess, Midwest where you get a little bit of every kind of weather. But, um, you know, in my experience of living here, February has generally always been like weather-wise, like, the worst month you know it's always the coldest or the most snow or whatever but I mean this has been you know and I know it I mean it's the 23rd we only have like six more days because it's a leap year but um and really I mean you could say five more days because we're an hour and a half away from it being the 24th but it's been like nothing you know and actually go on vacation uh, here right around St. Patrick's Day. I'll be going down to Panama City Beach. So hopefully the weather down in Florida will be nice. No rain, lots of sunshine, and getting a little bit of beach therapy. You got to do that. Um, You know, I think vacations are important. I talk about that, you know, and vacations don't have to be extravagant, you know, but it's always good to take downtime. Uh, I'm fortunate enough my job gives me a lot of it put in a lot of hours this week um your boy had about 16 hours of overtime this week not something i usually do um all good though uh making that money uh enjoying the new gig uh, a little tired had a, some long days got up early but you know what are you gonna do um lead-in music this week um probably the shortest lead-in music we've ever had uh it was just a quick clip uh you know uh unfortunately uh february 5th we lost toby keith uh he lost his battle with i believe it was stomach cancer uh bullets in the gun you know what i always love that song i just thought it was a really cool song it toby keith was a pretty good storyteller with songs with his lyrics and um I don't know, something about that song just resonated with me. I I think it kind of just had that Old West feel to it, you know. And um, I was, you know, the day he died that morning, uh, I was listening to Toby Keith music on the way to work and heard that song. And I was like, you know what, when I do a podcast about this, that's kind of the, that's the song I kind of want to lead in with. I know it's probably one a lot of people are like, really, what? You know, it would have been easy to go with Red Solo Cup or uh, How Do You Like Me Now, uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy. You know, Should Have Been a Cowboy was the most played uh, country song of the 90s. Um, you know, I believe that was his first number one. Um, but, you know, I don't think 
a lot of people realize the the true megastar that uh, Toby Keith really was in country music. I mean, he obviously was a huge personality, but you know, the man aside from the the artist, um, you know, as a songwriter, producer, actor, businessman, just everything. Um, you know, and all that by sixty two. You know, unfortunately, he did die. A very young age. Um, guy had countless number ones. Like I said, his first song uh, should have been a cowboy. I believe he had you know two or three greatest hit albums. You know, was the first artist ever signed to DreamWorks record label. Kind of multitasking here, so it makes it kind of difficult to do all this. He had released over nineteen studio albums. Uh, sold over 40 million albums total, 61 singles, 20 number one hits, 22 top 10 hits. Um, his longest lasting number one hit, which this blows my mind, I, I wouldn't have thought, was uh, Beer For My, my Horses, the 2003 uh, release he did with Willie Nelson, um, as well as As Good As I Once Was which was in 2005 that w- both of those were number one for six weeks. Uh, he was actually nominated for seven Grammys. He uh, never won one, uh, was awarded a national medal of arts by, uh, president Donald Trump. And, um, you know, like I said, he starred in a couple movies, uh, broken bridges, uh, and then, the song Beer For My Horses inspired by his song of the same name. Uh, Broken Bridges actually had Burt Reynolds in it, which was kind of cool. I think it was, you know, one of the last films uh, Burt Reynolds had ever started. And there was one Scott told me I had to watch, and I still have not got around to doing that. Scott, if you're listening to this, uh, text me the name of that movie again because I forgot about it. Congratulations uh, are in order for our boy Scott. He... His wife, Bailey, are going to have another uh, little girl. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm assuming the cat's out of the bag because it was on Facebook. But, yeah, you know, uh, Toby Keith gone at uh, 62 years old. And for a while there, you know, uh, Toby Keith was everywhere. This was uh, right around the time, I would say, from, like, I think of, like, the... uh, you know, I may be showing my age here, and some of you may not know what I'm talking about. Used to do those commercials with Terry Bradshaw for like calling collect, like what were they, 10, 10, 21? Before cell phones were like all the rage, that was like the, the way to use a payphone for those who don't even know what that is to call. Like if you were at college, like when we worked at Cedar Point, that's how we'd call home or whatever. Um, he did commercials for that, and they'd use like the How Do You Like Me Now music. Um, you know, and he was, he did Ford commercials. Remember he had that big yellow semi-looking Ford truck in the Who's Your Daddy video. That was pretty cool. Um, I think it was the Who's Your Daddy video. It was either that or the Hottie song or whatever. But yeah, um, you know, a huge catalog of music for Toby Keith. Um, it's a shame. Um, it'll be cool to see what they do for him at the next... Uh, CMA Awards, you know, he was just a roughneck from Oklahoma, 
Uh, his name was, I believe, actually Toby Keith Covell. You know, he just kind of dropped off his last name uh, when he went to Nashville. Play He had played, like, semi-pro football, worked in the oil fields. It always kind of toyed around with music, and then at one point just uh, focused on it. And uh, kind of had been told, you know, time and time again, his music wasn't going to work, even after... Uh, making it, making it, you know, his record label kind of just shoved him to the side and wanted him to do different things when country was taking a different direction. You know, if you listen to some of his early music, uh, you'll see the change as, you know, from that. And then when he released How Do You Like Me Now and all the music from then on, and, you know, I think where he got to really be the artist he wanted to be. And you'll see that with a lot of music. Um, Fun fact, um, I mean, you know, we don't want to hold it against the guy, but uh, Toby Keith is actually the first person who gave Taylor Swift a record deal on his, I believe it was Show Dog Records. So, you know, without that, there's no Taylor Swift. So we won't hold that against you, Toby. Um, you know, rest in peace. Uh, thank you for your amazing talents and sharing them with us. Um, like I said, love the guy's music. You know, Red Solo Cup, great song. Uh, interesting story. I saw that in an interview once. The uh, song Red Solo Cup was actually presented to Tim McGraw. Toby Keith did not write that. Um, and Tim McGraw kind of laughed and was like, you're crazy. You don't think I, I can't sing this song. And they were like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no. He goes, you need to give that to Toby Keith. And... Um, they gave it to Toby Keith, presented him with it. He thought it was a joke. And um, it started um, when they did it. The first recording of it was they had a few drinks and recorded it. And they okay, they didn't like it. So they recorded it sober. But when they filmed the video, they actually filmed the video and they were drunk. So fun fact is, it was a Tim, Tim presented to Tim McGraw. He was like, absolutely no way. I can't do this song. Suggested they give it to Toby Keith. Toby Keith recorded it drunk, didn't like that. Then they recorded it sober, filmed the video drunk, and you know it went on to become like one of the biggest um, songs ever. And you know I think you saw on social media everyone sharing the picture of the red solo cup in memory of Toby Keith. I actually have a Glen Karen I'm drinking out of tonight, and we'll we'll get to the, we'll get to. Uh, drinks here shortly but yeah you know but um i guess from oklahoma to missouri tonight i'm drinking a ben holiday missouri straight bourbon whiskey bottled and bond six years old i read a lot about this um kind of a hard to find bottle not a bank breaker only a 50 dollar bottle i mean i guess i don't know it depends on how much you like to spend on your bourbon. We won't get into uh, what I spent on mine. There was actually an app you can get. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Brandon and I downloaded it. It's called Only Drams. Like only and then D-R-A-M-S. You scan the barcode on all your bottles. And it tells you the MSRP. Uh, what it's secondary market value was like if you were to try to resell it yourself kind of categorizes it and uh let's just say my collection is uh it's short of 10 grand but um 
yeah, I got a lot of whiskey, and uh, it's an expensive habit. A lot of bourbon, I guess. But yeah, bottled and bond, six years. Um, did a little digging on uh, the Ben Holiday. I, this is something I'd seen. I was like, you know what, I want to try it. I know they have like a red cask that a lot of people are trying to get their hands on. Um, according to their website, Ben Holiday is one of the greatest unknown figures in American history. Born in Kentucky, moved to Weston, Missouri as a teenager to seek his fame and fortune. He apparently became the original transportation tycoon and famed as a stagecoach king for creating the Overland Express stagecoach lines that were ultimately sold to the well to Wells Fargo. And it was just one piece of a transportation portfolio that also included steamships, streetcars, and a railroad. He even owned the Pony Express for its for part of its brief history. That's kind of interesting. Like I said, I'd never heard of the guy. Uh, with everything from silver mines to saloons under his domain, he was the largest individual employer in the United States in the late 1800s and kept Close counsel with everyone from President Lincoln to Brigham Young. He built an empire that spanned the entire country, and his distillery is the only piece left standing. Little did he know that whiskey would be the lasting legacy that carried the holiday name well into the future. It says, as far as where it all began, the holiday distill distillery was established over 166 years ago, but the history of the property goes back even further. Over 50 years before founder Ben Holiday acquired the land, Lewis and Clark, wow, we're really going back, passed through in 1804 during their famed expedition to the west. They discovered and charted the limestone springs that run abundantly throughout the property and traveled through what would later become Weston, Missouri. It wasn't until 1837 that the town of Weston was officially established, earning its name by virtue of being the farthermost town west in trade of that era. Wow, extreme crea creativity in naming that town. It was a small town of fewer than 300 people, but it was the second largest port on the Missouri River at the time, surpassing both Kansas City and St. Joseph. Ben Holiday purchased the land in 1849. The site consisted of several acres of land and a stone building that had served as a meatpacking house. <clears throat> Upon the discovery of the site's limestone springs, the idea for Ben's next business venture was born. As a Kentucky native, Ben knew that limestone water was optimal for bourbon production, which is true, and he and his brother David went to work on acquiring the necessary items needed for distillation. Wish I could do this. In 1856, Ben and David distilled their first batch of bourbon under what they had named the Blue Springs Distillery. The barrels were stored in, in an ancient cave site that had previously been used for meat curing and preservation. To this day, that same cave is intact and continues to be a fan favorite along the tour route of the facility. After a short year of aging, the first a short year, wow, the first batch of whiskey from the Blue Springs Distillery was sold for thirty-five cents per gallon. How about that? 
shortly after Ben transferred ownership of the distillery to his brother, Major David Holliday. The business stayed in the Holliday family throughout the 1800s, passing from David to his son and son-in-law to become Barton and Holliday in 1894. Over the next century, the distillery changed hands only three more times, purchased by George H. Shawhan in 1900, Isidore Singer in 1936, and Cloud L. Cray in 1950, before being acquired by the current ownership group in 1993, which apparently remains nameless. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's the history of, <clears throat> excuse me, of Holiday Bourbon. They have a Holiday Soft Red Wheat Bourbon, the Ben Holiday Bourbon. The Rickhouse Proof is the one, I believe, that I was, that, yeah, here it is. The Rickhouse Proof is the, the hard one to find. It's, um says, when Kyle begins the process of crafting a batch of Ben Holiday or Holiday soft red wheat, he blends the bourbon from different barrels and tastes them in their original form at Rickhouse Proof. Each expression of Holiday Rickhouse Proof is bottled at the exact proof from the bourbon barrel yield after a minimum of six years in one of the original Holiday Rickhouses. No two releases will ever be exactly the same, but every bottle of Rickhouse has one important commonality, full proof, full flavor. It's kind of neat. There's a distiller's journal on here, which I think kind of walks you through. Yeah, it's kind of got a month by month on where... <clears throat> If you look on the side of your bottle, now this is getting really technical. It tells you what floor, <clears throat> it has each floor on it and the percent of time your bottle spent on those floors. Some floors they didn't spend any time on, but this is just, I think, you know, sweet spots in their rickhouse where they're trying, where they think there's the best, I don't know, temperatures or humidity, whatever that create the flavor. And it's different for each each product they make and they kind of go through each one and you can walk through it on their dis distiller's journal link. It's kind of neat. Uh, I haven't seen any other uh, bourbon or distillery share this kind of insight with their stuff. Uh, they even have a final notes. The Rickhouse Proof is actually 120 proof. Those go for, I think, anywhere from 80 to to $100 a bottle. Uh, when I see them on sites, uh, I follow... Uh, local grocery store liquor store uh, that puts them on they don't last very long when they're out there they're put up and usually within if you don't get one in the first 10 minutes it's gone <clears throat> that's kind of just how it is yeah there's the, and then there's that's the uh, rickhouse proof they have the holiday soft red wheat bourbon as well that one i've i it's a black label i've never seen that anywhere and then there is an ancient cave collection, which I'm guessing is going to be as every company. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I can tell by looking at that. That's a unicorn. You're never going to see that anywhere probably but there. There are little stout bottles. Sign up for notifications. Yeah. If you, um, they almost look like the old Kentucky King bottles if you're a hardcore bourbon guy. 
you'll know what I'm talking about. They're smaller bottles. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, this was my first taste of it. Uh, not even a, it's not even a cork bottle. It's like a interesting sort of twist off. But like I said, it's bottled and bond six years. Uh, a Missouri whiskey. Uh, I guess my first try of Missouri whiskey. Has an interesting nose as far as the scent. At first, I thought maybe it was my glass that maybe I had washed it with something funky, but I think it, but it, I think it's just kind of fruity is the way this smells. Uh, it, you know, like I said, even at a hundred proof, there's not a lot of heat on this. A lot of flavor on the back end. It's pretty consistent taste, which I kind of like. Some you get some stuff where like all the flavors either in the front. Or in the back, and there's just kind of, you know, like there's nothing in the middle. It just becomes maybe some heat or nothing. The product just kind of dies. But uh, this is a great bottle. I mean, at the price, and it's a cool-looking bottle. You know, it's got the stagecoach on it, I think, which is paying homage to Ben Holiday. Um, cool story after reading all that, you know. Definitely impressed. There's a lot of stuff I have over there that uh, I would say I think this is better than. And been slowing down in my purchasing just because there's a lot of stuff over there that hasn't been opened. And there's a lot of stuff over there, period. So we're trying to just enjoy what's there. And honestly, it's been a few weeks since I've, I've had a drink. Um, probably since the last podcast I did, if I'm being real. Uh, that I've had some bourbon anyways. A few weeks ago, uh, I did some moonshine drinks. Been struggling to find my uh, sour raspberry moonshine, the blue like raspberry old smoky moonshine. I love that stuff, but I, I bet we've been to 10 plus places and nobody has it. So I don't know if there's some kind of shortage or everybody's catching on that if you mix that with a little bit of Sprite, it's a really good time. And, you know, I, I wanted to get some to take with me to... Uh, Florida because you know sometimes in the heat down there and bourbon's not exactly a beach drink I'll probably take a bottle just to unwind at night you know it'll be like my wine staring at the sunset but um you know what are you gonna do so February uh still being black history month um I know I missed a lot of the month but I was thinking of something different to do I was thinking of cool things with athletes and uh Came across this the other day, the anniversary of this. This is one of my all-time favorite sports interviews. And I'm not making fun of this. I just thought this was awesome. Um, I agreed with this. Uh, this is one of my all-time favorite basketball players. If you know sports, you'll recognize this. And I'm just going to let this play, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Anybody tell you? that I miss practice. If, 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 if a coach say that I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. But if if somebody say he doesn't come to practice, it can be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I mean, simple as that. It ain't about that. I mean, it's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
but it's it's it's, it's easy to, to to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here. I supposed to be a franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a, not a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? Man, we're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We're talking about practice, man. <laughs> we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. When you come in the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? But we talking about practice right now. We talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I mean, it's strange, it's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We're not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. That was uh, Alan Iverson. I believe that was 25 years ago this past week was the uh, anniversary of that. It, maybe maybe it was 20. But um, Allen Iverson had uh, missed a practice uh, he had, over the death of a friend. And um, his coach at the time, I believe it was Larry Brown. Larry Brown's a dramatic person uh, had coached a lot of different NBA teams he's was a hard personality you know a difficult person you know like many said about Allen Iverson as well and always seemed to wear out his welcome places too and had said something to reporters earlier Allen Iverson was told to go out there and he was not in the mood to talk you know he was grieving the loss of his friend and they brought up something you know and he was like he didn't miss a game he missed a practice and for those of you, you know, maybe who never had the privilege of seeing Allen Iverson play, Allen Iverson was not the biggest player. But Allen Iverson, like, gave it all on the court. This dude got thrown to the ground. Like, the game was physical when Allen Iverson played. Man, he was a baller. I loved watching him play, man. And, dude, like he said, dude killed himself. He, like, gave it all. And... um I, you know, I actually think it's been cool seeing him start to come back in commercials and be embraced a little bit more now. Um, and I only think the only reason he wasn't before is kind of just he didn't want to be. He just That's just not his personality. And maybe it's just a financial thing now. But, you know, and that interview has been duplicated. I know years ago Aaron Rodgers uh, used parts of it in a – interview once uh it's been spoofed you know many players when confronted with stuff in different sports about practice you know been like we talking about practice not a game practice but um yeah so that was you know that little soundbite there will will live forever you know and 
like I said, I love Allen Iverson. Uh, if, you know, if you're not familiar with Allen Iverson, you need to look it up. Um, actually, that's one of the jerseys I need. Speaking of jerseys, I don't know if I talked about it a while back. I actually had got, uh, we have, I haven't got it framed and down here yet, a Rocket Ishmael Notre Dame signed uh, college football jersey. Um, a lot of people there. And there's an irony to it because I hate Notre Dame, but I love Rocket Ishmael. Uh, would have been whoo, 89, 90, 90, 91 maybe when he played. So show my age. Amazing receiver, kick returner. Dude was like kick, punt, returner was like lights out. You kicked him the ball. Dude was returning kicks left and right. Stupid fast. You know, easily was going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. Opted to go to the Canadian Football League. Uh, because the Toronto, I believe it was the Toronto Argonauts, threw a shit ton of money at him. And he just said, okay, I'm going to go play there. Ended up coming to the NFL years later and playing for the Raiders, who still drafted him anyways, but later in the dra- they drafted his rights. Uh, had a career with the Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys. A decent NFL career. Um, you know, but this was probably after, I don't know, maybe five or six years in Canada. He... He won championships in Canada. He might have won an MVP. He he prospered. He did. He you know played very well there. Obviously, not the most elite competition, but um, yeah. So that's this week. Uh, you know, little Friday episode. We're going to a hockey game tomorrow night and seeing uh, Jackson Dean perform afterwards. Excited for that. Uh, Hopefully the weather is a little better. The roads are a little better. I'm sh- I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not super worried. But I uh, hope everyone has a blessed weekend. Uh, drink a little something for Toby Keith in your red Solo cup. Maybe buy you some Ben Holiday. And uh, be well, my friends. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>